What's up everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 43 of WFS, the Will Ford Show. Today is a, it's going to be a weird episode. I'm, I'm going to sound a little bit quiet. Uh, I went Black Friday shopping. Um, what would be yesterday now? It's, it's currently almost 2 a.m. Saturday morning. And last night around six, I was putting some, some notes together. I'd barely had any sleep. I think I had three sleep, three hours of sleep, um, since like, 10 a.m. Thursday morning on Thanksgiving. I went Black Friday shopping. We left at like 8.30. I slept for an hour on the way, uh, on the way to where we were going to kind of refuel, uh, fuel up and get ready. And then I didn't sleep again until about 4 a.m. We slept for about two hours in the parking lot waiting outside a store. And then I've, I've been up ever since then and I fell asleep at around six thirty, seven o'clock, um, in the evening on Friday. Uh, so I'm currently awake, I'm wide awake and I was like, you know what, I've got all the content here. Let's not, let's, why as well just do an episode. So I'm going to sound a little bit quiet because everyone in the house is sleeping. It's 2 a.m. I'm not, I, don't, I ain't trying to wake anybody <laughs> Um, but I hope all of you guys had great Thanksgivings, uh, great Black Friday shopping experiences. If you went Black Friday shopping, um, uh, my experience wasn't really, it was kind of underwhelming. I think a lot of, uh, that's the first time I've ever been Black Friday shopping. I've never been Black Friday shopping before. Um, but I was, I was very underwhelmed. I, you've heard over the years about fighting in stores and people, you know, fighting each other to get stuff, people sleeping outside stores waiting. And I mean, when we went, a lot of stores closed by 1 a.m. And when we went to um, the Highlands, which would be in in, uh, West Virginia, we, there was like no stores open. Target was closed until seven in the morning. The mall was closed until 6 a.m. Uh, Best Buy, what I don't think was open at all. It was really, really underwhelming. Uh, but it, I mean, it was still fun though. I got to hang out with some friends, family, but it was just really underwhelming. So I hope you guys had much better. Uh, experiences. I only bought one thing. I bought the video game Horizon Zero Dawn for PS4. Uh, it was only ten bucks, and I was like, "Hey, you know what? Ten bucks. Might as well try it out." My friend said it was a pretty good game, and I've heard it's a it's a pretty highly rated game. So I played it, and it's actually really really fun. It's a game I recommend. Uh, not an ad, not a paid ad, but it's a game I definitely recommend uh, if you're looking for a game to play. Um. But yeah, I hope you guys had great Thanksgivings, great Black Friday shopping experiences. If you, uh, if you went Black Friday shopping, and we're we're coming up on a great weekend of football, college football, 
uh, NFL football on Sunday. It's it's shaping up to be a great weekend. So let's go ahead and let's start with just a little bit of NBA news. The NBA is kind of, you know, it's that regular season, early on in the regular season, October, November, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not like really once the all-star break hits, trading deadline, that's when the real season starts for me. Um, but LeBron did return home uh, a few days ago, returned to Cleveland. And then they they played a tribute video for him during the game, and I thought it was an amazing video. Honestly, uh, not only did it highlight his on the court uh, achievements and success, but it it included his his off the court life as well with what he's done with the with the I believe school or I promise school. Sorry, the I promise school he he built in Akron. Uh, and and how he used his platform for more than just basketball, and how it, you know, for him, for him, it's everything is more than just basketball, and he's it, he he uh, has an obligation to to serve the community. Uh, I I think it was great how the Cavs handled that video, how they put that together. I thought it was a tremendous video, and. The Lakers ended up winning the game 109-105, kind of a close game. LeBron finished with 32 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists. Overall, a great night for LeBron, for the, for the city of Cleveland, no booze. It was it, it, it was really great. And I'm glad to see that there's no hard feelings between LeBron and Cleveland and the fans. Um But I mean, that was just great to see that video, and and I, I, I overall, I just thought that was awesome. All right, so I mentioned we've got a big weekend of football, big weekend. Uh, college football this week, this is huge. These are games that are going to determine uh, conference championship matchups. Uh, they have potential playoff implications. Um, and right now, the game is going to be played at noon Saturday. Uh, Ohio State versus Michigan. That's going to be in Ohio at the shoe. Columbus, Ohio. And right now, John Harbaugh and this Michigan team, it's the best team he's ever had, he's ever put together. And they're on a roll right now. And they're currently in my top four. Sitting at four, but Ohio State—it's in Ohio State. It's it's in Columbus. I don't see Urban Meyer allowing Michigan to come in and just stomp them. I think this is going to be a very close game, and I think that bodes well for Ohio State if it is a close game. They've been playing a lot of close games lately, uh, Maryland. Uh, was just the most recent example. They won 52-51. Um, their defense has been struggling, but I think their offense has done a very good job of trying to mask that and keep themselves in games. I'm going to pick Ohio State in a close one. In a really close one, potentially overtime, field goal game. Uh, 
And if Ohio State wins, they're going to go to the whoever wins this game is going to the Big Ten championship. Then they're going to play Northwestern, and either of these two teams would likely win. And my prediction is, obviously, if Michigan wins and beats Northwestern, they're going to the playoff. But Ohio State sitting at number 10 right now, according to the committee, if they beat Michigan, they're automatically going to jump up at least to number 6, I would say. And if you put them in the Big Ten Championship game versus Northwestern and they win convincingly, I don't think you can keep Ohio State out. Granted, they've had some ugly games this year. They've, you know, had a, they had a tough game against Maryland, but they won. Uh, they got blown out by Purdue. They've had some tough games, but really, I don't see the Buckeyes as any different from Oklahoma. Oklahoma has a very high-powered offense, but their defense is just giving up points out the wazoo. I mean, they can't stop anybody, and. I I don't see much difference between Ohio State and and Oklahoma in that regard, and, and Oklahoma sitting at six right now. And literally, the reasoning from one of the members of the committee and why Ohio State is further down than Oklahoma was it was basically the same reason given for each. Like Ohio State's defense is struggling, and their offense has done just enough to keep them in games, keep them winning. So that's why they're at 10. And then when asked about Oklahoma and why they're so much further ahead, they said, yes, their defense has given up a lot of points, but it's been amazing to see how well their offense has been able to carry them. That's that's basically the the same reason. And that's why I don't like the I don't like the playoff committee. They should just stick with the AP poll and and just let that determine the the top four, or they should just come up with a you know some sort of computer based system where there's statistics involved, strength of schedule. They factor all that in, and and there shouldn't be any opinion or editorializing. Uh, I think it's a very biased. Uh, committee, they, there's always bias towards one team every year, and I, I really don't like the committee. I think they should just go to something that's more automated, more um, statistics-based, schedule-based, and even though they look at that, there's obviously opinion involved. So my prediction, Ohio State, in a close one over Michigan, they'll play Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, and they'll win the Big Ten Championship. I have them making the college football playoff, sitting at number four. And then the rest of the top four is Notre Dame at three, Clemson at two, and Alabama at one. So the the top three is going to stay the same. And Ohio State is going to jump all the way from 10 to four by the end of the season. And then I think your first two out are going to be Georgia and Oklahoma. I think Michigan is going to fall probably to seven. So that's my predictions for the college football playoff. I'm very excited for the, the Ohio State-Michigan game tomorrow. That's going to be the game of the year. Um, very much looking forward to that. All right. So on to the NFL. We had a great, fantastic uh, Thanksgiving Day uh, in terms of football. 
I, I went three for three for predictions. Like I predicted the the Bears over the Lions, uh, even with Chase Daniel at quarterback. Chase Daniel actually played well, over 200 yards passing, two touchdowns. Defense played really, really well, had a pick six. Um, the Cowboys, I was really nervous about this one because I always pick wrong. Uh, I've been wrong on every Cowboys prediction I've, I've made this year. And so I'm, I'm really happy that that prediction worked out. And then the Saints against the Falcons, I predicted a, a dominating game and they won 31-17. So, I mean, that's pretty much what I expected. Uh, Drew Brees hit four undrafted receivers for touchdowns. I thought that was incredible. Breaking the hearts of fantasy owners. No, Mike, uh, Michael Thomas wasn't getting much. Kamara didn't get much. Uh, and other guys. Traquan Smith was out. I know he's a he's a sleeper in fantasy. Um, but Drew Brees has had a fantastic year, and he's definitely in the running for MVP. We'll see when Mitchell Trubisky comes back. Bears are sitting at eight and three right now. And we'll see what happens when, when Trubisky comes back, if, if he's coming back anytime soon. And then the Cowboys, three games in a row. Three games in a row. They've beaten the Eagles, the Falcons, and then the Redskins. Granted, the Redskins had Colt McCoy quarterback, but they won. Now the Cowboys are sitting tied first in the NFC East. They hold the tiebreaker over the Redskins. And things are really looking up for the Cowboys. They do play the Saints next Thursday on Thursday Night Football, so that's likely a loss. But after that game, the schedule is really looking up for the Cowboys. They could potentially win their their final five games or four games. So I really like where the Cowboys are at. Amari Cooper has proven he is... Worth that first round draft pick. He had 180 yards receiving and two touchdowns against the Redskins. He was just a beast. He had a 40-yard touchdown catch and run and then a 90-yard catch and run for a touchdown. Uh, and Dak found, uh, he did a great job of throwing him open. And then after the catch, Amari Cooper just runs away from everybody, makes a move and is just just runs away. And Amari Cooper has made this offense much more dynamic. It's created a lot of holes for Zeke. Zeke's had six 100-plus rushing yard games this year. That's the most in the NFL. He's over 1,000 yards rushing. Zeke is playing really well. The offensive line is playing much better. The The Cowboys made a switch at left guard. They're starting Xavier Suafilo over Connor Williams. And I think that that's made a huge impact on their ability to create holes for Zeke and pass protect. Now, they did give up four sacks against the Redskins in the first half, but they didn't give up a single sack in the second half, and they played much better. I think the Cowboys have finally turned it around. They're looking up, and my prediction for them to win the division is it's still holding true. Now, 11-5. and five, was my prediction. I'm not sure if they're going to go 11 and 5. 
They've got a couple games that they could lose. They could lose to the Eagles. They could, they're could. they probably going to lose to the Saints. And then they play the Colts. And I really like the Colts right now. And the Colts could beat them. I don't. So we'll see how it goes. But I think they're going to win their division. Uh, the Redskins without Alex Smith. Are just. I don't think they're going to do anything. The Giants have won two games in a row. But I'm going to need to see them do a lot more. I mean with one or two more losses. They're going to be eliminated from the division. And then the Eagles, they can still turn it around. They're probably the biggest threat to win the division. But the Cowboys beat them on the road. And, and really, even though the score was close, they, they dominated them. They dominated offensively and defensively. So we'll see how the division shakes out. But I think Amari Cooper has proven that he's well worth that first-round pick. He's young, 24 years old, with Dak and Zeke and that line and that young defense. This team is looking really nice. I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contender. I still think the Saints are the best team. And you've got some other teams. I think the Bears are really good. The Vikings, I think, are a better team than the Cowboys. Panthers, Rams, obviously. But this Cowboy seems looking nice. Amari Cooper has proven he's worth that first round pick. Looking really, really good. And we'll see how that division shakes out. But I'm still holding true with the Cowboys winning that division. All right. So I want to shift gears now. Lamar Jackson started his first game against the Bengals last week had 27 rushes over 100 rushing yards only had a little over 100 passing yards didn't really pass the ball much and he is slated to start next week against the Raiders and for him to be successful as a quarterback not necessarily in this game but for his career he's gonna have to throw the ball more he's gonna have to show the defense that he's able to pass the ball down the field and that he's an equally dominant threat with his legs. And he's got to preserve his body. 27 rushes a game, you're bound to take a couple big hits. And he's going to have to adjust his play style. The Ravens are going to have to to figure this out. It, it's like, it's kind of like when you, you get a new car and it, and you just, you fire it up and you just you just keep racing with it instead of just you know driving with it. When you go the faster you go, the more you're going to wear it out. And the the Ravens right now need to take it slow. They need to work in some runs. They can run him, you know, ten to twelve times a game designed runs with your with your read options, QB draws. But only they they can't do it more than fifteen times a game. Otherwise, he's going to get hurt. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, is one of the best in the league at running the read option. Uh, he knows exactly when to pull it, uh, when to hand it off. And then he doesn't just take off when he has it, and he doesn't try to like outrun anybody because he can't outrun anybody. 
but he's really smart. He gets behind his, his tight ends and his linemen that swing out to block his receivers. And if you watch him, he literally puts his hand on his, on, on his blockers back and just based on how the block is set up, he can cut it inside or go outside and just keep following it. I think he's the, he's one of the best, if not the best in the league at the read option. And that's kind of what Lamar Jackson needs to do. Now he's obviously much faster, much more athletic. So he doesn't necessarily need to follow his blocks, but I think he needs to be patient and let the block set up before he just takes off. Um, but I, I, I'm glad that Lamar Jackson is getting the opportunity to start. And he'll be playing against the Raiders, who are struggling this year, and I think it'll be a good game for him to get some reps and and develop as a quarterback. And and really this year, all of the all of the rookie quarterbacks drafted in the first round, I don't think a single one has been a bust. I think everyone has shown that there they are NFL quarterbacks in this league. They are starting quarterbacks. And I think really they've they've done great jobs. Obviously Lamar Jackson hasn't had the opportunity, nearly as much opportunity as some of the other guys, but They've all shown some great things. And so right now I'm going to rank the these five rookie quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round this year based on what I've seen. Uh, Lamar Jackson's going to come in at number five. He's only played, he's only started one game. He's played in multiple games with showing the defense different looks, running the football. But he's getting the opportunity to play quarterback. He's going to get another opportunity this Sunday. He's extremely athletic and fast. He reminds me a lot of Michael Vick in the way he runs the ball. But like I like I said, he needs to throw the ball more. He needs to have more looks, passing, less designed QB runs, about eight to eight to ten, maybe twelve a game. And he needs to reduce the chances of him taking shots. Can't be running the ball twenty-seven times. But I really like what I've seen from Lamar Jackson, and if he can improve as a passer. He's going to be an, an extreme threat in this league. Number four, I'm going to put Josh Allen. He's playing on a terrible Bills roster. I don't, I don't like their coach, Sean McDermott. I think they've got a terrible staff, terrible team for the most part. Their defense has got some good pieces. Shady McCoy is good on offense, but they just don't have much as far as skill positions and an offensive line talent. Now, Allen, he's... He's shown that he's pretty mobile for his size, and he's got a very strong arm, and he's proven to be more uh, more accurate than than what he was coming out of college. I really like what Josh Allen's doing. And number three might surprise a a few of you. Sam Darnold is going to be my third quarterback, and this is mostly a byproduct of how bad his his offense is. They've got a good defense, but offensively, he just doesn't have any offensive line help. He's hurt right now, uh, and they have no skill position talent whatsoever. Uh, but he has shown flashes of brilliance, his ability to look off defenders, throw the ball down the field, make terrific reads. He has thrown a, a lot of interceptions, but I mean that's going to happen with rookie quarterbacks. But I think he's he's shown a lot of brilliance. 
and his ability to read defenses, lead the team, his, his maturity. I really like him. I think he's going to be the best out of these five. But as far as this season ranking them, Sam Darnold is going to be at three just based on what I've seen. Number two, I'm putting Josh Rosen there. Uh, he's he's He throws a beautiful ball. He's got tremendous touch on his throws. Uh, he needs to work a little bit better on seeing progressions, working through his progressions because he kind of stares down receivers and that can lead to some interceptions. But overall, he throws a great ball. Very consistent. Needs to work on seeing his reads a little better, looking down the field. But I think that's going to... I think him getting an, a healthier offensive line is going to help him because right now that clock in his head is telling him to get rid of the ball quick instead of seeing everything. So once he gets an improved offensive line, it's healthier, it's more, it's it's a consistent group of starters. I think Josh Rosen is going to be a lot better at seeing the field. He's going to have more time to see the field. And with a better offensive line, this this offense as a whole is, is going to be a lot better. And this team is going to be a lot better because they've got a decent defense. Just offensively, they need to sure up that offensive line. So Josh Rosen is my number two quarterback this year. And the number one, Baker Mayfield, the number one pick for the Browns. Now, Baker's obviously got a great offensive personnel around him. Uh, and he's got a, a defense that's forced a lot of turnovers this year, one of the best in the league in turnover differential. But it's really not so much about what is what he's got around him. It's what I've seen. Now, obviously, he needs a head coach. He needs an offensive-minded head coach to help him, I, as a lot of quarterbacks do in this league. But I think he, I think Baker Mayfield is probably the best thrower of the football in the league in terms of his anticipation and his accuracy. Uh, he, his ability to just to throw the ball before receivers come out of their break so when they get when they make their break they're wide open and the ball's right there for them he's done a tremendous job of that this year he's really accurate too he's the probably the most accurate quarterback in this draft one of the most accurate rookie quarterbacks we've seen in a while and i love baker's confidence he's a guy that's constantly going to keep slinging the ball he doesn't care uh, you know what happened on the previous play. He's going to keep throwing it. Now he doesn't have elite size or athleticism, but that's fine because he's got good pocket presence. I think that's all you need is pocket presence. Tony Romo was a guy that he wasn't the biggest. He was six two. He had okay size, but he wasn't the most athletic guy in the world. But he was extremely. Uh, mindful of what was going on around him in the pocket and he was extremely mobile in that sense uh, able to make plays with his feet and and improvise based on what's going on and I think Baker Mayfield is very similar in that regard and I, so I really like what Baker Mayfield's done this year and once he gets a head coach and a, a one that's going to stick around for more than one season I think him and the Browns are going to be good here in a, in a year or two.
so like I've said, none of these QBs in my mind are busts. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is going to need some more time, but I think his athleticism already, uh, automatically makes him uh, a threat. And and these other guys, they've shown flashes of brilliance. Uh, but I really like Baker Mayfield right now. He is my number one rookie quarterback in the league uh, to this point in the season. And I really like, I just really like all these quarterbacks as a whole. So we're, you know, we're more than midway through the NFL season. We're in week 12. Uh, so we're going to be coming up on the, the award predictions. Well, not necessarily predictions, but the, the NFL awards, your MVP, rookie of the year, offensive and defensive player of the year, coach of the year, and all those awards. So I'm going to make my predictions for those awards, uh, starting with the MVP. Right now, for me, it's Patrick Mahomes. He leads the league in touchdowns and passing yards. And granted, he's got all these weapons around him. But for a second-year player who played only in only one game last year, for him to come in and do what he's done with this with this team, I think it's incredible. It's very Similar to that of uh, Dak Prescott when he came in, the offensive line, the weapons around him. Obviously, Dak wasn't anywhere near as explosive, doesn't have the arm talent that Mahomes has. But the overall impact, I think, is very similar. I think Patrick Mahomes definitely is my MVP. And I would put Drew Brees at a close second because Drew Brees has only thrown one interception this year. Extremely efficient throwing the ball, and his ability to, at his age, to continue to throw the ball down the field. I mean, this guy's as as consistent as they come. Now, depending on how that MVP race shows uh, ends up, I think it's Patrick Mahomes with Drew Brees right behind, and this race is going to impact Offensive Player of the Year. So. Let me just run through the rest of my predictions first, and then I'll explain this other possible scenario. Offensive player of the year, I think, is going to be Ezekiel Elliott. Over a 1,000 yards rushing already this season. He's had six games of 100-plus rushing yards. He's shown an, an increased ability to receive the ball out of the backfield. He's had a very complete year, consistent year, and kind of a quiet year. No one's really talking about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, in terms of what he's done this season. A lot of the focus is on Todd Gurley, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, and other guys. But I really love what Zeke has done. He's my Offensive Player of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year is Khalil Mack. What he's done with the Bears, I mean, right when he came in, first game, he had two uh, strip sacks. Uh, He's just a force on the defensive line. He's done an incredible job this year uh, rushing the passer, sacking the quarterback, strip sacks, fumble, fumbles forced. He's just an incredible player, and I don't think there's any other guy you could put for defensive player of the year. Offensive rookie of the year, Saquon Barkley. 
coming into the draft, I thought this guy was more of a home run hitter, and he kind of was to start the year. He only had he had like two good runs a game, but I think he's proven that he can be an every you know an every down consistent back. Uh, you know, finding holes, patience. He's done a better job this uh, as the seasons went along. And he's a very good receiving back out of the backfield. Eli, there's games where Eli Manning targets Saquon more than Odell Beckham. And, you know, it's not so much that that's an indictment on Odell Beckham. It's just that Saquon's ability to, to get open out of the backfield and create space on linebackers and, and other defensive players, it's really remarkable. And I really like what Saquon's done. And if you look at Saquon, his thighs are like refrigerators. I mean, God, he's just a freak athlete with his size and speed. Um, defensive player of the year. I, I This is kind of a tough one, but I like Leighton Vander Esch from the Cowboys. Now, he's only started about six or seven games this year, but... Uh, due to the injury to Sean Lee a couple weeks ago, he's really stepped up. He's had multiple interceptions, tremendous uh, games tackling players. Uh, if you've watched some of the games, he's made incredible tackles, game-saving tackles. And I don't think you can say enough about the job he's done playing the linebacker position alongside Jalen Smith without Sean Lee uh, really quarterbacking the defense out there. He's just done a fantastic job, and I'm kind of a little biased because I'm a Cowboys fan. But I, I, this is, I'm being as objective as I can. I just think he's done a tremendous job. Um, comeback Player of the Year. I think this one's easy. I think this one's a, a certified lock. Andrew Luck, coming off that shoulder injury where he's missed almost two game or two seasons worth of games. For him to come in and do what he's done, I just, I just love what Andrew Luck has done. Obviously, they started off the year kind of slow, but they've won four games in a row. And his ability to throw the ball down the field, with, you know, coming off that shoulder injury, I thought it was going to be a struggle for him. But he's done a great job. And T.Y. Houghton and him have have established a connection again, and I've just I've I'm loving what what he's doing. He's thrown 29 touchdowns this year, uh, under a little under 3,000 yards, uh, nine interceptions, which is it's pretty low for him because he's usually around a 15 to 18 interceptions a year. There's still some games left, but we'll see how it see how it goes. And he's had a 101 quarterback rating. I mean, he's played outstanding this year. He's just played incredible, and uh, I I just love what Andrew Luck's doing, and I think he's the clear cut uh, comeback player of the year. And then finally, the coach of the year. My coach of the year, I think, has got to be Andy Reid. Now, every year, the 
the Chiefs are a, a pretty solid team. But for, with what he's done with Patrick Mahomes, created a a quarterback who, yes, he's he's got a strong arm, but he's you know he's put a system around him that utilizes his strength to throw the ball down the field. Tyree Kill is the perfect receiver for Patrick Mahomes because Tyree Kill can just blaze people, and Mahomes just cuts it loose and he's right there. It's. It's remarkable what Andy Reid has done. And granted, Mahomes is he's got all these weapons around him, but I think it's really the system, it's the offensive play calling that really really helps out Mahomes and and helps utilize his strengths. I think for him to do that with a second year quarterback who who didn't who started only one game last year to do you know, rest for Alex Smith. For him to take a chance like that, Alex Smith was Mr. He's Mr. Consistency. He's always going to give you uh, consistent numbers, no turnovers. And for him to give up consistency and take a chance on a home run player like Patrick Mahomes with that arm, with that Brett Favre type play style who's just going to cut it loose and see what happens. For him to take that chance... I think it was a huge risk and it's paid off um, in a huge way. And they're a huge threat in the AFC to make it to the Super Bowl with that offense. Their defense has progressively gotten better in their pass rush and, and being able to get to the quarterback. This team looks really, really good and it's really a credit to Andy Reid. All right, so I want to go through some other primetime predictions for Week 12. We've already predicted three Thanksgiving games, 3-0 and so far for this week. Uh, there's three other games that I would like to to run through uh, for this week. I, I really like these games. Uh, the Seahawks at the Panthers. Originally, I was thinking Seahawks, but the Panthers... I've played incredible at home this year. Uh, and I don't think they've been beaten at home this year. So I'm going to go with the Panthers in this game. The Panthers are desperate. They need a win to stay in the playoff uh, hunt in the NFC. Right now, they're, they've got, they would have one of the wildcard spots if the season ended today. But they need this win against the Seahawks to keep themselves in the race and the Seahawks also need the win as well to keep themselves in the in the wild card hunt. Huge game tomorrow with playoff implications. I like the Panthers in this one. Packers at Vikings on Sunday night football. Um This was a tie last game last time in Lambeau Field. This was a tie uh, we saw we saw some roughing the passer penalties that made a huge impact on the game. Uh, right now, the Packers are not playing good football. Uh, they found a a running game in Aaron Jones. They found a real threat, but their offense just hasn't been able to keep pace with other teams. And defensively, they're too young and too inexperienced to be able to stop teams. And the season's kind of turned into a wash 
uh, for the Packers. There's still some. There's still a chance that they could finish ten five and one, make the playoffs as a as a wild card. But I think the Vikings, with the way they've they've been playing better over re- in recent weeks, they did get beat by the Bears pretty handily. But I think they I think the Vikings just have the better team. It's in Minnesota that that place rocks uh, in terms of you know the crowd. I, I like the Vikings in this game. This game also has some playoff imp- implications on it. I would think with the loss, the Packers would be eliminated from the playoffs. And if the Vikings were to lose, that's gonna that would have a huge impact on their playoff hopes as well. And then finally, Monday Night Football, Titans at Texans. The Texans have won seven in a row after losing the first three games of the year. Um, Marcus Mariota is injured. He's going to start, but he's coming off another one of those stinger injuries uh, that held him out a couple weeks where he can't feel his hand, he can't grip the ball properly. So look for that to have an impact. Regardless, though, I love the Texans. One of my favorite teams in the NFL to watch. Uh, They're really gritty, grind it out. They win close games. I really like what they've been doing this year. And I and I like them in this game as well. So I'll take the Texans over the Titans, the Vikings over the Packers, and the Panthers over the Seahawks. And there's no there's not really any other games that are that I think have huge implications on them in terms of the playoffs. The Giants do play the Eagles, so if the Eagles were to lose that one, that would be huge. Um, Browns at Bengals, I'm going to be watching that tomorrow. That would be a good game to watch. Doesn't really have any playoff implications, but something I would like to watch. Uh, let's see, Dolphins and Colts, both teams sitting at 5-5. Five and five. That could be... A game that potentially has some implications in terms of playoffs. Uh, I would predict the Colts, but they're not going to be listed in my predictions here for th- for this week. I'm just going to stick with these six predictions that I've done. But uh, it's a it's a great week of football, man. It's a great week of sports. Uh, I love I love this time of year, Thanksgiving, with you know the the, the football games and the games that follow on that weekend. It's a great time. I actually saw a tweet the other day that said uh, NBA Christmas Day games are better than Thanksgiving football games. And I would totally disagree with that. Uh, I think football is just far better. And they did away with the Galloping Gobbler, the award for the for the player of the game each for for the, for the Thanksgiving games. They did away with that. But I always thought that added, you know, an entertainment kind of factor to it. I thought it was really cool. And those games have, they can have tremendous playoff implications. And I think they're much more entertaining to watch because of that. Now, I do understand the the love for the NBA Christmas Day games, though. Uh, because you get those Christmas Day uniforms. and. 
and, and it's entertaining to see that. But really, those games have no impact on the on the regular season whatsoever, and they're just more, I guess, you know, fun to watch because of those uniforms and and the hype around NBA Christmas Day games. Uh, I'm not sure what the schedule is for Christmas Day games. I'm going to look that up right now, actually. So just give me a minute here. NBA Christmas Day games. Let's see what we got. I remember we talked about this uh, in my episode with Jordan Klipner. That was a about 10 episodes ago. Uh, we've got the Bucks and the Knicks, the 76ers and the Celtics, the Trailblazers and the Jazz, the Thunder and the Rockets, and the Lakers and the Warriors. So those are actually going to be some really good games to watch. Uh, the Bucks and Knicks, very watchable game. Uh, Celtics, 76ers, that's going to be a good one. Jazz and Trailblazers, eh, eh, that's okay. Thunder and Rockets, That'll be cool to see. And then the Lakers and the Warriors, definitely the game of the day. That's 8 p.m. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The NBA Christmas Day game is certainly entertaining. But at least, in my opinion, I love Thanksgiving football a lot more. Uh uh, that's just that's just my personal opinion, but yeah. Uh, all right, guys, that's it for me. That's it for this week. Uh, sorry if I sound a little soft, a little faint in my voice. Uh, it's currently two thirty in the morning. Everyone's passed out, uh, and I'm wide awake. Like I said, I went Black Friday shopping. Didn't really get much sleep. Passed out around 6 o'clock when I was putting this episode together for you guys. So, But hey, got to get it done. Uh, we got a great weekend of football. Ohio State-Michigan is definitely the game to watch tomorrow. Uh, let me know on Twitter who you think is going to win that game. I'll post a poll. You guys will vote. Uh, I'll, I'll post that probably in the morning. I'm not going to do it now. It's 2.30 in the morning. Who's going to see it? But uh, in the morning, I'll make a note of it. Put that poll out there. See see who you guys think is going to win. Um, really just a great weekend of football. Um, but make sure you guys follow the show on Twitter at The Will Ford Show. Uh, make sure you like and comment on SoundCloud. Rate and review the show on iTunes. I haven't been in, been seeing any reviews on iTunes. Uh, but, I've, but I've been getting a lot of likes on SoundCloud recently. So I appreciate that. Uh, let's continue that. And I hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving, great Black Friday shopping experiences. Hope you guys took advantage of all those deals. And and have a great weekend. Have a great weekend watching football. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. It's WFS. <laughs>